The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And today I'm delighted to welcome to the show Dr. Roland McCrady of the Institute of HeartMath and the project coordinator of the Global Coherence Initiative. And in fact, Roland will be talking to us today about how we can actually measure scientifically the shift in frequency and vibration taking place on the planet. Roland, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Happy to be here. So, Roland, perhaps you could explain to our listeners who don't know much about the HeartMath Institute exactly what that is. The Institute of HeartMath, uh, and I'm director of research here, uh, is an organization that is really focused on exploring the, un- the less understood roles of the human heart and how it's much more than just a blood pump. That uh, the heart has many roles in terms of uh, our day-to-day life and our function, even how the brain is able to uh, to function um, at higher performance levels or or not, um, and how we can learn to access a part of the what we call heart intelligence, um, which is really tuning more into our intuitive uh, aspects um, from what a lot of people call you know the heart intuition or wisdom of the heart. Now, you've been with HeartMath since, since it began. Why, why was it actually called HeartMath? What was the reasoning behind that? Well, there's uh, a couple of reasons. Um, the, putting the terms heart and math together, most people tend to think of heart as sort of a, a mushy, emotional, or Valentine's Day kind of thing. Uh, but what, uh, what I'm talking about here and what our research is about is exploring the intelligence of the heart. So that was kind of the putting the term math with it uh, was a way of bridging those two two sides of it, um, so, or another way of is bridging sky and street, in other words, would be another way of, of thinking yeah. about that. So without getting, without getting too technical, so, so we can all understand, how, how, does, how does it actually work? What do you actually measure? Well, we measure lots of things uh, in terms of research. We do a, a lot of different types of studies, but I guess what we're probably best known for uh, in the scientific community is our work in uh, studying the physiology of how the heart and the brain interact. Um, and I can just give you a couple of highlights of that, if, if that would make sense. If that would be would, great, uh, yep. 
Well, what a lot of people don't understand is, uh, and it's fairly new, uh, so that's understandable, is that the heart actually has a very complex nervous system within the heart itself. And that discovery has given rise to a whole new field in medicine that's called neurocardiology. And the neurocardiology community, there are a number of centers around now that study this. Uh, so these are people that understand the nervous system, you know, the neurons and brains and the heart. Uh, so they tend to be cardiologists that also have a, a neural background as well. And what the neurocardiology community is, has been saying for some time now, since the early 90s, in fact, uh, this is published in major journals and things, is that we now have to think of the heart as having its own in, intrinsic or internal brain within the heart itself, called the heart brain. And that the, the, this system, the little brain in the heart, as we can call it, processes complex information. It has both short and long-term memory um, and the heart actually sends more signals, neurological signals, you know, communication to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. And it's, it's actually not even a close competition. Um, so you know, the tradition has been to think about that the brain's in control of everything and the body's just there to carry the head around. And that perspective has profoundly changed in recent years. As we now know that the, the, in a lar large context, the brain is just really interpreting the signals from the heart and that these, the type of signals the heart is sending especially affect the brain centers involved in things like decision-making, uh, intuition and creativity, and, and actually our, our literal emotional experience, whether we're feeling good or stressed or anxious, all has to do with the information the heart is sending to the brain. So what we're saying here then, the, the, the concept perhaps of, of, of the mental or the mind being in, in the brain, in fact, is not true, that the mind is, is actually spread throughout the body and, and re resides mainly in the heart. Well, I wouldn't quite say the mind. Um, okay. I, I tend to think of the mind and brain going together. And, and most of the neurons, I mean, there's a lot more neurons in the brain than the heart, obviously, but the by far the largest percentage of the neural systems in the brain, and again, I'm going to associate mind with the brain and what it does, okay. uh, are involved in sensory processing. In other words, it's the system that we use to perceive and make sense of the physical world. So uh, vision is a huge portion of what the brain does, is interpreting the signals from the eyes and turning those into perception of the external world or hearing, you know, uh, smell, things like this, is most of what the neural systems in the brain are actually doing. And so awareness of those systems, uh, that's more what I would call the mind's functions. And, you know, day-to-day okay. -day decision making is how we navigate the physical world, uh, survival, all those things are more mind-brain. And whereas the heart, I, would more, I, I tend to more associate with a different type of intelligence, more what we would call wisdom or common sense, intuition. Um, you know, and, and intuition, I don't want to make that sound too mysterious, but it's more the, the, the feeling side of our nature that uh, really underlies most decisions that we make. Uh, people don't understand. We, we tend to think that our decisions are rational, but they're often uh, unconsciously and profoundly biased or influenced by uh, our, what we're feeling. We, we think that do we feel this is so, a good so, decision or not? So today, we, with with uh, in a world that, that's somewhat turned upside down and and is 
seems out of balance and out of alignment, uh, why is it important for us to be, begin to look into the heart as, as being a, the central organ of, of uh, importance? Well, it be, because of its, uh, what I'm calling the heart intelligence, um, it's really integrating that with the mind and brain's uh, perspectives and decisions. Um, a lot of what we call common sense, for example, is really uh, an aspect of heart intelligence. Um, I hope that's making sense. Uh, it's kind of, um, you know, those decisions that we make uh, that have to do with care or compassion for others is really more heart-based, um, those, those kinds of things. And for many of us in the Western world have been brought up on, on uh, an intellectual, um, academic type of uh, program in school and so on. How do we learn to get into the heart space and out of the head space? Uh, well, the first step is becoming aware of, of the heart and what its role in our overall physiology and psychophysiology is and learning to pay attention to the signals from the heart. Uh, there's a, a wonderful demonstration that it's, would be impossible to do over a, a radio show, but it's, it's a, a demonstration that quite conclusively lets people have a, a real live demonstration of that we literally only perceive at the mind-brain level what it is we pay attention to. So if we don't attend to uh, or pay attention to the signals from the heart and, or even the body in general and our feelings, we don't perceive them. So we're really uh, looking at the world through a straw instead of a, a much wider view that we, that we literally have access to uh, once we learn to pay attention to them and integrate the, that side of information into our, our wholeness, into our larger perceptual uh, capabilities. And how does the, uh, the technology that, that you've developed at the HeartMath Institute, how does that help us get into and stay in the heart space? Well, that's... Uh, the, I think you're talking about the M-Wave technology, which is a type of feedback that measures what's called heart rate variability. And just to give a little bit of, of understanding here, in a healthy individual, our heart rate changes with every single heartbeat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and that's a, a natural thing, and it's very healthy. In, in fact, loss of this natural beat-to-beat -beat variability is a stronger predictor of health problems for example, um, very serious health problems than what our cholesterol level is or whether we smoke or not or whether we have high blood pressure. So it's a very important and fundamental rhythm. So how much of this variability we have is dependent on how old we are, so there's an age component. But there's a, uh, So there's the how much of it we have, a higher range being better than a lower range, kind of a natural variation in our heart rate, just setting still like we are now or even when you're sleeping, this, this all goes on. There's another aspect of heart rate variability, and that's the rhythmic pattern. And this is uh, where a picture is worth a thousand words, but if you could imagine a, a plot, a graph showing these beat-to-beat -beat changes, um, when we're feeling frustrated or irritated, impatient, things like this, the rhythmic pattern that the heart's beating out becomes very chaotic and um, edgy-looking, kind of like an earthquake graph, if you can imagine a Richter scale kind of thing, all scrambled. So that's what our heart... Is, that's the message the heart's beating out and sending to the brain when we're feeling these feelings like impatience and frustration, anger, these kinds of things, or anxiety. However, when we're in a, uh, we're feeling really good, we're really appreciating how beautiful the day is, or um, feeling more joyful, happy, 
compassionate, these kinds of feelings. The heart uh, rhythmic pattern is very different, and it beats out a, a, a pattern that looks kind of like a sine wave, you know, a nice big high-amplitude sine wave, very ordered over time. And that's what we call coherence. And that's a natural thing that happens uh, in our bodies when we're feeling good. So we're literally wired and designed to, to, to feel good, actually, and, and be more appreciative and caring and compassionate. That, that's when our, our bodies are, are operating in, in a high degree of harmony and synchronization, right down to the neural biochemical hormonal level. And what the equipment, the M waves, are designed to measure and feed back is our state of coherence. So it's measuring your rhythm and, and seeing how coherent it is and then feeding that back uh, through several different indicators and patterns that let you see this uh, so that we can train ourselves through using some techniques that we've developed. Uh, these are techniques, things like called freeze frame and heart lock-in and um, shift and reset and are some of the names of these techniques that allow us to take charge of ourselves and shift into these coherent states at will. And so... We teach people to do this before they make a decision, before they go into an important meeting, or, have, or before having conversations with other people so that we're coming from this more coherent, centered place where the intelligence from the heart is more integrated into uh, the mind and brain uh, at the same time. So, Roland, we're just coming up to our way. first break, and so we'll take this break, and we'll continue talking with Roland McCready after this break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. 
It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty me. scary, Ryan, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Today I'm talking with Dr. Roland McCready of the Institute of Heart Math. Before the break, Roland was explaining about the importance and significance of going into a, a state of coherence in the heart. So perhaps, Roland, you could continue by telling us a little bit about the benefits to help people in their daily lives as a result of being in a state of coherence. Oh, I'd be happy to, Peter. Uh, great question. I think we could start by summarizing that when we're talking about uh, heart coherence or this coherent state is that uh, under just simply saying that coherence is really an optimal state where the heart, mind, and emotions are, are operating in sync in, the, in a balanced way. Now, that's important to understand because a lot of the, the problems that cause stress for people is the lack of integration between the mind and emotions. Uh, we can be thinking one thing, you know, uh, and feeling something else at the same time. And, and that's often what's going on, and the two are not well integrated. So getting those two in sync is a huge step forward um, in helping reduce and manage stress. Now, at the physiological level, coherence is a literal harmonious um, coordination of the body's primary systems, our nervous system, our hormonal system, our immune systems, so when we're in coherence, those systems come into an alignment and synchronization and, opt and operate at their uh, optimal level, at the physiological level. Now, this is an important base understanding because getting our, our physiology and our mind and emotions all in sync is a tremendous way to facilitate recovery from a large range of health problems. So, for, for example, clinical studies have been now done, in fact, several clinical studies, randomized controlled trials, all published research, showing that this is a very effective way to reduce blood pressure if we're hypertensive or have blood pressure problems. It helps people with heart disease, things like heart failure, and these kinds of things, uh, recover their functional capacity much quicker. Uh, studies have been done in, in diabetic populations. Their glycemic control comes into better regulation. Um, and I can go on and on. Uh, on the clinical side, asthma, things like this. 
Now, in the, uh, we do a lot of work in education in, in our nation's schools. So helping students get into the state of coherence increases their ability to learn and remember what they've learned. In fact, it's now been correlated uh, teaching these coherent schools with better test scores. Uh, they get along with each other better in, in the classrooms and uh, work out problems from more a more creative kind of heart-based perspective rather than you know, so less fights and arguments and things like that going on. So there's a, a tremendous range of benefits. Now, in, in hospitals and business, for example, teaching the staff, and, and for exact, we even have surgeons that will get into a coherent state uh, for a few minutes before they go in and do a surgery because it... Uh, and we're also working with a lot with the military, even the special forces now, because coherence being that optimal state increases a wide range of, of our functionings, uh, like our reaction times are improved. So a lot of, uh, we do a lot of work in athletics and pro athletes who really want that extra edge. Um, the, and the brain's the big winner, actually, and when we get the heart into coherence. As I mentioned earlier in the first segment, the heart sends all these signals to the brain that affect the, the brain centers involved in decision-making uh, and, and control our reaction times. So by, we, by integrating the heart uh, wisdom into the mind-brain system, but, which happens when we're in this coherent state, we make a lot better decisions and choices in day-to-day life in, in all kinds of things. Uh, like it's used to help people lose weight, for example, because a lot of what's the, the problem in, in weight loss, why we go off our diets, is the lack of, of well, not, not only the ability to self-regulate, but it's usually an emotional trigger that causes us to, to want to go eat something as comfort food or these kinds of things. So it's a much greater degree of uh, intuitive decision-making it comes in. So we start making better choices in all areas of our life. I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, but I, I wanted to give you kind of. Well, you've, a, you've actually uh, covered, covered a lot of ground. I just, so I just want to backtrack on a couple of the things you've talked about. So uh, let's go back to stress for a moment, because I, I know that a lot of people in the world today are struggling with the stresses in their lives and the high cortisol and adrenaline uh, chemical that they produce in their system. So, so just tell us how uh, coherence supports us to get beyond that. Absolutely, be happy to. I mean, stress, you're absolutely right, it's a huge factor. In fact, in, in the presentations and keynotes I used to, that I do for medical audiences and things, I used to have to spend about 10, 15 minutes, all the data showing how stress impacts our health, negatively impacts our health. I don't have to do that anymore. Uh, it, it's become so in our face, you know, since the financial um, challenges we've been having and, and climate change and all the stresses that are going on in people's lives that uh, we... we it's, people know it now. Stress impacts our health in, in profound ways, not just our health, but our ability to make good decisions in our relationships and, and these types of things. The key here to understand is that stress, what is stress anyway? It, it's always an, an emotion that we're experiencing. So the, the things go on in life out there, but it's our emotional response to them. It's, it's, we feel out of control. We feel anxious. We feel uh, irritated, impatient. These are the, the, the emotions that are triggered from those, and it's the emotions that drive the cortisol, for example, that you're talking about, or the incoherence in our nervous system activity that put our, system, our physiological systems at risk and, and wear and tear down our, our, our bodies and systems. It's all driven by or profoundly influenced by those feelings we're having. So getting into the coherence brings stability and alignment into our systems so that we can... Uh, 
start turning impatience into patience, start becoming more aware of those emotions and having a much greater degree of self-regulating them and understanding that it's just us that that's hurting. Like, for example, if somebody cuts us off in traffic and we get irritated and start getting mad at them, well, the person who cut us off probably doesn't even know he did it. He's on down the road. It's us that we're bathing in the cortisol and the stress hormones from having that reaction. So from a, a coherent perspective, we're able to, to, to come to another level of self-awareness and say to ourselves, wait a minute, it's me that I'm hurting here, uh, and stopping that the flow of that impatience or frustration in our system and replacing that uh, with uh, another offsetting uh, emotion that brings our system back into balance. I hope that's not too conceptual, but it's... No, that's per- absolutely perfect. That's great. And then the, I was obviously really interested, in, from my perspective, in the whole educational side of things. So when you're working with students in the classroom, are they being hooked up to the equipment to measure the coherence in the classroom? Well, often, yes, oftentimes the schools, many schools have uh, the M-Waves installed in the school's computer labs or in the libraries so that the teacher will teach the students the, the techniques like freeze frame, which is becoming aware that we're feeling impatient or irritated, and a technique to uh, focus in the area of the heart and activate an offsetting positive emotion to um, replace the the stress or the draining emotion in the classrooms, and then they'll go to the computer labs or the libraries and practice on the equipment. uh, If we really make those shifts, those emotional shifts, it changes the heart rhythm. And we can see that. We can see it right in front of our face as we make these shifts. And, and uh, again, the equipment reflects how coherent we are. And then it's got games built into it. So depending on our coherence level, we can make a balloon, how high a balloon flies across the landscape. Or another game is uh, black and white meadows turned to very green, colorful, fun scenes. Uh, things like that, a number of games like that that make it fun and engaging uh, for students. So kids can actually have a fun time being in their hearts. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> it, it, it's absolutely, yeah. I think, uh, I don't think there's any greater gift we can give to kids. Uh, than Because no, as they practice this, it's training the nervous system to where this becomes the new familiar state, where it becomes an automatic process. And you also uh, mentioned um, people in the business world as well. So people are using the heart math techniques in their organizations. Oh, many, many uh, organizations, like uh, some of the, the companies that are using HeartMath uh, pretty regular, companies like Boeing, for example, uh, Motorola is a, a customer. I actually don't remember. I'm not on that side of the business, but there's many, many companies and corporations. But a, a lot of hospitals uh, also use HeartMath for the staff. Uh, so if you're a nurse at Mayo Clinic or Wake Forest or Stanford, you go through a HeartMath program. Because uh, what they found is that, well, a big problem a lot of people don't realize in, in the United States is nurse burnout. About 25, on average, about 25% of the nurses in any given hospital quit every year. And so there's a huge nurse shortage because of, uh, well, a lot of, it's basically stress. Um, and by introducing heart math programs into these hospitals, the staff re- uh, turnover rate is dropping from 25% to usually less than 10%. Uh, so that's a very uh, good investment because it costs about $60,000 to recruit and train a new nurse. Um, so it, the savings to these hospitals is in the multi-millions of dollars a year um, by solving this problem. And that's by going through the heart math 
training and having the equipment available in the hospitals. Uh, exactly. You know, there's a, there's, yeah, there's a portable version of the M-Wave. Uh, it's called, well, it's a little handheld device about the size of a modern cell phone that allows you to, to have it in your pocket and carry it around so that you can, uh, when you start feeling stressed, you can get out your, your M-Wave device and make the shift into coherence right then and there. So you, you, you regulate, you stop the play out of the stress hormones and the stress response right there in the moment. And, and we also train people, whether it's in the, the hospitals or the corporations or the military uh, as well. We're working even with special forces groups and the Navy and the Air Force are all, we have contracts with all of those now, to uh, using the, the handheld M-Waves so the soldier can prepare, we call it prepping, before you go into a stressful situation, whether it be a meeting in a company um, or a stressful situation in a military context, to get into coherence before. Just being in coherence, even for a few minutes, has a carryover effect that really brings a, a certain buoyancy and, and centeredness into your the activity that you are, are about to engage in. Uh, or, so rolling, uh, we're coming up to our second break. This fascinating discussion. Thank you so much. This is uh, Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We'll be back with you shortly. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Spiritual Workout with host Stephen Morrison helps you go beyond the books, CDs, and the workshops you've gone to to learn spirituality. Stephen will passionately help you see which of 15 universally spiritual concepts apply to your circumstance and how. Now there's a way to help you live it every single day. Work out every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Spiritual Workout with your host, Stephen Morrison, on 7th Wave Network. A practical path to a happier, more peaceful, and richer life experience. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars. 
public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. And today I'm talking with Dr. Roland McCrady of the Institute of HeartMath and the project coordinator of the Global Coherence Initiative. Before the break, Roland was explaining to us about the way in which heart coherence works and how significant it is uh, in our own uh, world, in our own lives, and also in our organizations. So, Roland, when you get yourself into this heart coherence and can sustain that for a period of time, uh, I assume it, it has some impact on those others around you, the people around you. Uh, absolutely, and a number of uh, a lot of research to back up that statement. And to give that context, we have to understand first that the heart not only is it sending more signals to the brain, all the internal nervous system stuff we were talking about earlier, Peter, but the heart is also the largest generator of electromagnetic energy in the human system or animal, as far as that goes. Uh, the heartbeat is by far the strongest. So uh, when we put electrodes on the body and measure the electrocardiogram or the brain waves, the EEG as they're called, we're measuring the electrical uh, component of that, the flow of ions and things. But there's also a magnetic field, and that's measured through a different instrument. Those electrodes on the chest or the brain do not in any way measure the magnetic component. And that's a different instrument. It's called a magnetometer. So the the uh, field produced by the heart, just to give people relevance here, is about 5,000 times greater than the field produced by the human brain. So we, we can measure this with instruments called magnetometers, again. Uh, they're very sensitive instruments. And we can measure a brain wave about an inch outside of the body and the heart field about three feet, just under three feet. So that gives you kind of the, 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 the distance here. Now, I'm not talking about an aura here. I'm talking about a very real, measurable Anybody, you know, can take these sensors and measure any, any living person, and we can measure these fields out, uh, like I say, several feet from the body, uh, the heart field anyway. Now, what we've also been found is that the, the, uh, this field radiated by the heart, the electromagnetic field, it energetically affects those in our environment. And this goes on whether we're conscious of it or not, or whether you believe me or not. It still goes on. And we all experience this. You know, uh, at times that we're affected by each other's moods, attitudes, and feelings. I think almost everybody's had that experience um, where somebody who's, you know, mad or negative, we, we can feel that energetically. 
Or we can go into a room or an environment and it feels very peaceful and welcoming and we're very comfortable there. Uh, so not only are we radiating these fields, and we've done measurements by, by detecting these literal fields and doing analysis of them, that we see that our emotions, what we're feeling, literally are modulating and encoding information into these radiated fields, very much like a radio station, uh, like where it works, or a TV transmitter. You have a, a, very, a, a carrier wave that's generated, and then it takes very little energy to modulate and, put in, and encode information into that larger field. Uh, the, the human heart's working the same way. So it is literally conveying information about our, our feelings and our emotions or how coherent or incoherent we are. Now, part two of this is we've done a number of experiments showing that not only are, uh, are we radiating these fields, but our nervous systems are exquisitely sensitive and tuned in to these biological fields and are acting like large antennas that detect these fields from other people. Uh, so we've done a number of experiments with mothers and babies, for example, showing that the mother's brainwave will literally synchronize to the baby's heartbeat when she tends to the baby. We've done the, these kind of experiments with dogs and horses, uh, which are, are both animals that are kind of well-known to be tuned into human emotions, showing that without any kind of physical contact and in sometimes fairly large distances, the, uh, the, either the human uh, brain or the animal's systems uh, respond quite dramatically to changes in emotional state of the other people. So there's uh, actually quite good scientific evidence for, to uh, describe what I'm, what I'm talking about here, that uh, we are, we're basically radiating energies and receiving energies from each other at this invisible uh, electromagnetic domain, kind of these energetic communication systems. So the whole concept then of us, of us actually creating our own w world of those uh, interactions we have in the world is actually measurable scientifically. Oh, absolutely. So it, it's what you can imagine then is not only are we tuned into other people, but the fields we're radiating affect those around us. So when we get into that heart-coherent state, not only are there a lot of personal benefits for our own health and well-being, but we're radiating a field that's creating an environment that does have subtle influences on all those around us. That, that uh, It's not like it's overpowering people, but it creates an atmosphere that makes it easier for them to, to shift into a more positive state um, or not. If we're putting out, you know, what field are we radiating? If we're radiating a field of... Uh, intolerance and impatience and frustration, that's creating a field that also affects others. And uh, I think we've all seen this happen in our environments where somebody who's really, you know, angry or impatient comes into a, a very peaceful environment and suddenly we're all feeling kind of uneasy and uh, it's a very palatable feeling for, for a lot of people. Absolutely. So let's shift then into, I know, what, what is a really important uh, project for you at the moment, which is the global coherence project. Just talk a little bit about that and its importance to you. Sure, be, be happy to. And I'm going to focus a little bit more on the scientific side because I know you have another guest next week that will talk more about the, the humanistic uh, side of, of the project. And, and both are really important. In fact, probably the humanistic side is more important than the science side in some ways. But uh, the, the primary hypothesis that we're studying and testing, uh, the first one is we, we feel and, and believe from a scientific perspective that all living beings are interconnected at a, at a deep fundamental level and that we communicate with each other via these biological and electromagnetic fields. And uh, the second kind of following that one is that 
not only are humans affected by what, what I'm going to call planetary energetic fields, and we can talk more about that, but uh, and this is the, the that's actually very well established. Uh, hundreds of studies on that. But we're also suggesting here that conversely, that the Earth's energetic systems are also influenced by the collective human emotions and consciousness, and that we uh, that there's literally a planetary field environment that is made up of the collective consciousness of all the inhabitants uh, on the planet. Uh, in this case, of course, Earth. And from that, we uh, what we are setting up on the science side to test is that large numbers of people who are intentionally creating heart-coherent fields, uh, you know, more care, love, compassion, and appreciation, can generate a co- what we call a coherent standing wave that can help offset the current planetary-wide wave of stress uh, and, and thus creating that atmosphere like we do in a room when we're more coherent by lots of us doing it together. There's an amplification effect so that we create a much larger planetary field that creates that environment that uh, helps the rest of the planet uh, make a shift. And how is that, how is that uh, plan to be measured? There are several ways. Um, in fact, there's a website, the Global Coherence Initiative website. You can see uh, there's live data pages. So we've d- designed a magnetometer that measures the Earth's energetic uh, fields, the electromagnetic fields. Now, you could think of this, I'll call it as an analogy, but I'm not so sure of it. It's not literal, too, that we're measuring the brain waves and heart rhythms of the planet Earth itself. Now, this is a bit complex, and I'll see if I can simplify it, but there are a number of energetic fields that we live in, you know, 24-7. The first one that almost everybody is aware of is the Earth's uh, geomagnetic field. Now, that, that's a, a stationary field. It's always present. This is the field that our compasses tune into, uh, you know, to show us north and south. But those fields have subtle modulations and rhythms in them. And, in fact, you could think, you know, I'll just give you an example of one, one type of a, what we call resonance. If you imagine the Earth's magnetic field, like these field lines or flux lines are called, that go out way out in space, kind of from the North Pole to the South Pole, if you imagine them like uh, tightly stretched guitar strings, and they, they actually are literally like this, when those fields interact with the solar wind, um, for example, it vibrates them, and it's very much like plucking a guitar string. And the, they set up resonant modes, and the rhythms, the frequency of those modes, overlap the human heart rhythm frequencies. And some of them are the exact uh, frequencies as the coherent heart rhythm frequency, which is 0.1 hertz is the frequency of that. So that's one type of energetic uh, influence that influences us uh, here on Earth. Then the other are rhythms that are set up in what's called the ionosphere. Now the ionosphere, uh, for those listeners that aren't familiar with it, you could think of it like a soap bubble that surrounds the planet, planet Earth. It starts about 50 miles up from the surface of the Earth and goes out to about 200 miles. And it's called the ionosphere because it's a layer of highly charged ions, and it's what's called a plasma. And this, the two fields, the magnetic field and the ionosphere, are critical to life on Earth because they're the shields. That's what keeps us from the solar radiation and the solar winds, which would just fry us if those didn't exist. And whenever you have ion flows in the ionosphere, and there are huge currents flowing around the Earth in, in complex ways, I'll, I'll kind of keep it simple here, and also a resonant so chamber. We've got, to go to, we've got to go to our final break, so we'll do that, and we'll return to hear uh, more about this fascinating explanation of 
planetary energetic fields. This is okay. Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We'll be back after this break. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Hello and welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. My guest, Dr. Roland McCrazy, was talking before the break about the planetary 
energetic fields that are so important in the project work that he's doing at the moment. So, Roland, just continue with your wonderful explanation of the planetary energetic fields. Okay. Uh, thanks, Peter. I'm, I'm going to try and uh, keep it short because there's a lot to cover in a, in a short period. I was talking before the break about the rhythms created in the ionosphere. And uh, just to keep it simple, the rhythms and, and resonances created at the planetary level overlap the human brainwave frequencies. So the first one is 7.8 hertz. So there's a series of eight of them, all of which overlap the human brainwaves. So we have, to kind of simplify this, we have the ionospheric rhythms singing 24-7 to us that overlap exactly our human brainwaves, and we have the geomagnetic field resonating that overlaps the human heart. So this is going on 24 hours 7, and we live within those fields, and, and there's a a lot of scientific literature showing that we are affected by those rhythm, those rhythmic activities. Now, another important aspect is that things like the solar cycle, which is an 11, 10 and a half year, 11 cycle, uh, where we have more solar flares and more ejections from the sun. Well, those ejections interact with these planetary fields and create, uh, you could think of it as some disturbance sometimes in the field. And there's a long history of showing that a lot of things in terms of mass human health and behavior are affected by these rhythms. Uh, the number of accidents we get into, um, our heart rates and heart rhythms and all hormones, all sorts of things kind of go with these cycles. Uh, but large uh, scale human events also correlate with them. And there's a long history that I don't have time to review here that, that of a historical review going back to the 1700s, for example. Now, the media loves to focus on the correlations of these, these cycles and negative things, like the onsets of wars and financial crashes and all these things. And that's all true. They do correlate with these things, absolutely. But what also correlates with them are the periods of uh, human flourishing. So, in other words, our, our best times in history, you know, the, the more creativity in science, scientific discoveries, new art and music being introduced to the planet, uh, some of the greatest discoveries also correlate with, uh, with these cycles. So the, the new understanding, what we're really starting to become aware of now, is that these universal energetic influxes, as we call them, aren't out to get us. They're just natural cycles. And the effect they have on us depends on how we choose to respond to them. So they, these, these influxes can be a great add-on to humani humanity. And this is important because we're just now going into the uprise of the next cycle, cycle 24. But the key is that people have to learn how to take responsibility for their own energy and to elect to use this creative energy influx to create deeper connections and more caring interactions with each other and with the earth itself. So as we learn, uh, we, you could think of this as kind of a free energy influx, and it just depends upon how self-regulated we are and how we choose to use it. And for, for most people, this is going on at an unconscious level. So we have this uh, change, this influx of energy that we don't understand, and it, it comes out as frustration or irritation, and we go off and get in more car accidents or go start you know, arguments with our loved ones and these kinds of things because we don't know how to regulate, self-regulate. So a large part of the Global Coherence Initiative is teaching people about coherence and, and how these fields affect us uh, and how we can use this energy to create more coherence in our own lives, in our own homes, in our own workplaces and classrooms. Um, but it all starts at the individual level. We have to take individual self-responsibility. And by changing our 
uh, internal fields. It not only has benefits to us personally, but that creates this field we've been talking about earlier that helps others. So then it moves to what we call social coherence. So we, we create more coherent <clears throat> uh, homes and workplaces and schools, and that creates a larger field, which helps more and more people eventually moving to global coherence. So Kegas kind of simply said the global coherence uh, initiative is really about helping people understand that the, there really is a global consciousness shift and that that shift is about the change to elect heart-based choices, you know, and then take charge and do things differently than the same old playoffs historically so that we respond with these energy influxes with more consciousness, respect, love, and compassion. Uh, basically, it's time to... So if I can say it... Go ahead, Peter. No, no, okay. Oh, I say So I'm really, I guess my main message here would be that it's time to end the tendency to create and repeat the same old stress-producing playouts each time there's a new energy influx on our planet, whether that's a spiritual energy influx or a solar energy influx or, or, or these cosmic energies. Um, and that these, these can bring great benefits and creative opportunities to help humanity spiral upwards to our next dimension of active intelligence and heart-based living. Um, I mean, I'm cramming a lot in here. Of, do you have any sense of the number of people required uh, on a global well, scale to... Uh, I, I do, but I, I kind of hate to throw a number out in a way. But let me, okay. let me say this, that like in, the, in our radio station analogy, you, you have a lot of energy that goes into creating a carrier wave. And that's analogous to the Earth's energetic fields. You know, these are huge energy systems. Um, but it takes very little energy to modulate and impart information on those fields. So our, our hypothesis here is, is that there is a literal interaction between the human heart field and the Earth's fields. And I don't have time to go through it to discuss the data that supports that today. But that's a way of understanding how, and, and this is where coherence is so important, because coherence is what enables what's called resonance, an energy transfer. So by getting relatively small groups of people who are coherent, uh, coherent being the key, and aligned, they, we can interact with and modulate the larger planetary fields. And then thus that affects all living systems within that field are affected by that. So I, I think oh, yeah. uh, we're talking I'm relatively small to, uh, bring, bring us to a, a conclusion here because we're almost at the end of the show. And I must give you time to mention the websites uh, that, that you're involved in because there's some wonderful information and opportunities there. So just let us know of those. Yeah, there's two sites that, that would be aware of. One is for the Global Coherence Initiative. And that's glcoherence.org. And the other is the Institute of HeartMaps website. And that is simply, you know, the WWW, all the appropriate stuff ahead of it. But it's just simply heartmath.org. And Great. if you forget those, so just... Much. Roland, I'm, I'm so sorry that we actually have run out of time so quickly. I was completely uh, engrossed in everything you've had to say today. It's been a wonderful interview. And I assume the sensors will light up tomorrow on the New Year's Eve when everybody's celebrating in a great state of coherence. So thank you so very much for joining me today. My pleasure. Well, I'd love to chat again sometime in the future. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. We will, in fact... Bye-bye. We will, in fact, continue uh, this discussion next week with uh, Howard Martin, who works with... Uh, Roly McCrady in the HeartMath Institute and in the Global Coherence Project. And Howard's focus is on the humanistic side of this project and how we can come together to bring peace to our beautiful planet. I hope you have a wonderful new year and I will be in touch with you next week. 
This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Wishing you a wonderful new year. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.